And we are back on This Was Rad Podcast, the podcast where we are surprised anybody else is able to record a live podcast through Skype. Because, uh, God, it sucks. Real bad. Sucks real bad. Uh, it, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. I, you know, I've been trying. I'm Paul. I'm Greg. I've been trying desperately to, like, listen to new podcasts because the ones I listen to, I'm kind of caught up. There's not much going on. And it's like so many of these podcasts where they record over Skype, I'm like, it must take them hours hours to get to the point where they can record because it's crazy how bad we have it yeah yeah you know i do hope at one point our podcast we cut out on audio on each other and we don't realize it just keep going. oh it's it's gonna happen um i thought you were gonna segue <laughs> as bad as we have it we don't have it as bad as our troops do as we continue our salute to the troops month <laughs> yes okay that's a way better segue i'm gonna cut right to that all right, perfect. So anyway, um, now while while you made a kick-ass opening jam about the troops in America and all the great things about us, um, you also could have just done absolutely zero work for this one episode and simply put the song Toy Soldiers by Martika. Remember her? No, but I can tell you what we did drop in at one point. <laughs> Eminem, Toy Soldiers. Sure, that's the why not? I, can think of. I also, Which, by the way, I believe, I, I believe it just takes pieces of the, the, the Tika song. Oh, it does? I, I'm almost positive. Sure. Um, also, also would have accepted Tin Soldiers by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. It's very oh, close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And frankly, I think the Boss Tones uh, could get all the, the recognition that they deserve. Paul, uh, yeah. thoughts on uh, America being ready for a third wave of ska? Uh, I'm ready. I love ska. The first time I was, uh, I was very, very into uh, No Doubt and the Boss Tones and and Real Big Fish was a. I, uh, I couldn't I get enough. Saw really. them. I saw Real Big Fish in concert. I've seen the Boss Tones uh, a couple times. Nice, including at the Hat Shell for you Boston Ooh. references. Yeah. So what you're saying is, Paul, America's ready. At least that's the impression that you get. (laughs) Hey, I've never been one to knock on wood. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) some of us have never had to, Paul. (laughs) But if I had, I would have known that I tried. (laughs) You would have. So you're saying you yourself haven't knocked on wood, but you knew someone that had. I, you know, I know, and I better, I should knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I bought that album, no lie, at a Blockbuster video. <laughs> really? That is a fact. Uh, at the Blockbuster video in my town, they had a little section where you could, um, <laughs> you know, it had like like whatever was on the top 40. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at no lie, it absolutely had, uh, let's face it, by the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Uh, I, I, I was a big uh, Strawberries supporter. Oh, yeah. In the, back in the day. Yeah, they are 100% gone. Uh, None of those guys exist anymore, right? None of them do. Newberry Comics did. Um, and that's only because they... Newberry Comics, again, we're very local here. On oh, the that's show. true, yeah. Um, they, but that's because they started as a comic book store, and they they latched on to the used resale market. Big time. Real Big fast. Big time. Real fast. And I, that's, I think that's the only thing that saved them. Um, now you go in there, and it's mostly just pokemon rick and morty and and care bears yep. but yep, yep, uh, yep, yep, yep they still have music and i personally i like cds i still like to get the physical 
physical music. Um, yeah. But anywho, all that digressing into uh, into uh, the movie that we watched this this week. Um, breaking breaking our eighty to ninety only because I think for this we, film. Now that I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. Not the first thing I misremembered about this movie was when it came out. Because I was positive this was a 1990 movie. I, I would have bet you cash money that this was a, uh, like, 88 or 89 release. I really, really thought this was in the 80s. I really did. I, I, I would have gone 89-90, personally. Because I remember it would be being a little bit more modern. Um, but anyway, um, 1991 was when this movie came out and, um, wow. Um, this movie is not what I remembered whatsoever. Let's, you know what, Paul, let's just get right into what do you remember? Let's just, just, just take it away. What do you remember sure. about, and, and, and was this film originally rad? Was it rad? So I, I, I'm going to have to preface this, that I'm going to say a lot of things of what I thought it was, and it definitely was not. A number one, uh, Patrick Stewart is not in this movie. Uh, correct. He is not. No. Uh, all of these kids are way older than I remember. Uh, there's more cursing and blood than I remember, and there's no computer code. I was thinking of the movie Masterminds. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. That movie time. came out like in like 2000 or 1997. 1997, or something. yes. I don't know. I think I confused. I think I merged in my brain taps and masterminds into one movie <laughs> that this okay. was. And, uh, no. Um, I gotta be honest with you. Um, other than Sean Austin being in this film and militants taking over a private school, I I, I really did not remember a lot about this movie. Way less than I, I thought I did. I remember, like, the, um, the, the plane, the yellow flyer thing. I remember that okay. only because it was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just I totally misremembered this movie. Now that being said, I still think this is a movie that I thought was rad when I first watched. I feel like it's it kind of was a movie that was kind of cool. Um, I just I think in age, this one did not latch on to me like so many of these other films. So uh, yeah, that's um I'm gonna go watch Masterminds. I hope that's good, Greg. <laughs> well. It's funny you should mention that you thought this was a different movie because I forgot uh, that this movie was not, in fact, the 1988 PG-rated film The Rescue, in which a group of children rescue their parents from North Korea, which was routinely played <laughs> on the Disney Channel. Oh, uh, whereas Toy Soldiers <laughs> is a hard R. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, I think I may have seen a combined total of 25 minutes of this movie in my life. Here are the scenes I remember. Will Wheaton getting shot for being a chump. Because machine guns, it turns out, are kind of hard to aim because <laughs> yeah, of physics. Uh, I, I remember, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. just being really sad that Will Wheaton got shot. Um... I also remember them crawling around in the air ducts um, to get to the the office. Oh, sure, uh, sure. the principal's office. Well, they, yep. they go they go through the bathroom and stuff. Um, I want to say I remember the scene where they're counting everybody. I, again, I, I'm going to guess. I don't know this. I'm going to guess I came upon this movie midway through on television 
watched about 45 minutes of it and then like got bored and decided to go do something else. I'm totally with you. I feel like this was a movie that probably came on one night on TBS. I watched it once and totally misremembered everything about this movie. Now, I will say my friends loved this movie. And they talked about it all the time. They really? really, really, this was one of those movies in my circle of friends everybody had seen and uh, was was just, you know, they liked it. And and I uh, thought I had seen this movie and I'm fairly certain I've never seen it start to finish. Yeah, I mean, there are parts of it that felt familiar, but just nothing, I couldn't, I couldn't say I remembered all of it. I will say this, Greg, we're desperately disappointing the troops of the United States because the first movie I had never heard nor seen, and this one we've completely butchered remembering. Um, let's hope the rest of the month goes better. <laughs> because We cannot... Look, with the last two movies we got planned, it's a shoe-in. It's... It, it's, it's Look, <laughs> troops were starting out bad, much like uh, make a parallel to how when you join the army, you're terrible... And then you get molded into a lean, mean, killing machine. You know, we're slowly getting there. Yeah, uh, one of the movies that we're going to be doing, I have watched as recently as within the last month. Um, right. Because it was on HBO. And that's, I think, what kicked us off really talking about it. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to get to those movies. But anyway, why don't we, um, unless you got anything else to 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 kick off on this why don't we just go ahead and get right into toy soldiers we will take a head count now and again in the morning if one person is missing five of you will be executed if two are missing then we'll be shot and so on tomorrow we will begin a head count every hour on the hour if all goes well you will be allowed out into the quad but every hour on the hour, you must be in this room to be counted. And uh, the movie uh, starts off, um, I guess, in, in a South American country, right? No, it's, it, it, is, it is actually this. I thought this was amazing. It was specified in this movie, Colombia. Oh, it was. Okay. Because okay. normally, normally, and we've, we've seen this before, anytime there was kind of unrest in South America... It would be in in either like like Valverde like like in Predator like a made up place yeah or, or or it would simply be South American country nondescript and you would just you you knew it was South America but you didn't know where they actually labeled it and I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that this was based on a book um okay I didn't know it was based on a book but there you go um, ba- based on a book of the same name by William Kennedy oh, I don't know go. anything about it. That there does make two movies in a row where they've named the country they went to. <laughs> That's a very good point. So I guess we're on a roll, right? Uh, but yeah, it starts out with um, obviously some sort of civil unrest, some people, some terrorists. I don't want to say terrorists, but maybe some... Uh, How about mercenaries? Yeah, um, okay, sure. Um, yeah, we'll go with mercenaries. Um, anyway, they've taken over a courthouse and basically... There's a lot of stupid people in this in this movie because I are... love this bad guy. I love how dumb he is. Forget He's oh, we're gonna we're gonna get into how dumb he is, but no, I'm talking about the actual people. The movie opens up scene, gunfire, cut to people finally running away from gunfire. 
Well, what, you know. What were you doing while it was like, no, 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 Gary, I really want to see this. I mean, yes, there's a high percentage I could get shot with a bullet. But if I don't think of the story I could tell my grandkids. It's well, it's it's like the running of the bulls. You, you want to get as close to danger as possible and then run away. Oh, okay. you know, nobody wants to go to the running of the bulls and never see the bulls. Like, like that's not fun. There's a woman in like, like a dress with clutching her purse that she runs away like, lady, what are you doing? Just just go. It's not it's not worth. And so it, it, it turns out there is a, a drug kingpin and his son, who is the main bad guy in this film. Yes. Is saying. I want every, I want them to release my father. And the judge goes, uh, your dad was flown out on a military flight. He's already in the U.S. like hours ago. And, I can't do anything. And he refuses and, and to believe that. Doesn't believe him. No. <laughs> right up until his, his sidekick comes up and goes, uh, like, I don't think we could write a scene as stupid as this. That's how stupid this scene is. His- I, what, <laughs> we we are going to talk heavily about the sidekick, the white bespeckled sidekick. Yes. Because I have a feeling he's really in charge because he's like really excited about everything. He's <laughs> like, he's like, checks out, you know, like he's, th- something is, is going on between them and I really want to know what it's it is. It's almost, it, it, it's, it's almost cartoonish. How dumb the main bad guy is, and his and his sidekick isn't like you. Poor always... man, poor man's Randy Quaid is what I'm <laughs> going to refer to him as. I kept, I kept picturing, uh, I kept picturing Tailspin and uh, um, uh, who was it? Uh, the the uh, Baloo's little sidekick. No, who's the main pirate guy? Uh, not Shere oh, Khan. Jesus. That's the, uh, this Don Carnage. Why am I having to click on eight or nine things? This is Don Carnage. That's who Wild it is. Wild cat? No, Don Carnage. The Don night- Carnage. Yes. So, okay. Don't worry. I'll edit this. It'll sound fantastic. So. Great. It reminded me of Tailspin and, and the main the main pirate, Don Carnage, because he was such a dummy, but he always had that big galoot who was always just like doing the, the, the gym from the office camera stare like, oh boy, here you go again. <laughs> you right. Know? That's, that's these two guys. This guy is constantly like, no. We have to take over the school and we'll... That's the only way I'm going get my father out. Cut to his sidekick. Oh, boy. Here we go again. And, like, is is it his sidekick? Like, speaks, like, fluent English with no hint of an accent? Like, Not, he... No, he, he was definitely adopted by this guy's father. Yeah, I, I, I want to know how he's involved. <laughs> I have so many questions. But, okay, anyway, we can just zoom ahead here because... Sure. Otherwise, we're never going to get out of this scene. So... It, they see on television the bad guy. They turn on the TV and it says like, oh, breaking news. Everyone in Colombia, breaking news. This Colombian drug lord has just arrived in the United States. And he goes, all right, you uh, you weren't lying to me. So they get on board their helicopter and fly away and then throw the judge out of the helicopter, you know, just for good measure. Yeah. I, and I guess, I don't know. It, I was already like set off by this movie that, at that point because it's like he at one point he's gaveling with a gun and I'm like oh just go off you know t- that'll well, teach you a lesson. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, uh, cut to um, uh, Regis High School. Uh, now, where do you think Regis High School was? Hold on, before it we... looked like it was on the Eastern Seaboard, but like I was thinking like maybe Connecticut. So before Pennsylvania, we, maybe before we get to that, can we please discuss the transition from hardcore militant action man pushed out of a helicopter to right. like 
boys' school flute. Right. With 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 the the Barney Fife <laughs> right. um with the, the the Barney Fife like a a, a security guard yeah. and all of a sudden you're in you know like like you're like Hogan's Heroes yeah like, it's like it's so it's like, weird it's like Hogan's Heroes for for a boys' school I was like wow that is a trans that is setting a pace for this movie I cannot wait for um but yeah and then we see uh Samwise uh Gamgee Sean Austin be honest. I barely got his name in this movie. I just kept calling him Samwise. Yeah, that's totally fine. All you need to know is uh, uh, Sean Astin, uh, uh, Samwise, uh, Will Wheaton, uh, everybody loves, and Keith Coogan from Adventures in Babysitting. Yes. It took me a little bit to remember where he was from. Um, I just, I liked how Crusher was, I'm sorry, Will Wheaton. Uh, I actually like when we call characters by their other character <laughs> yes. names. So let's just Samwise um, <laughs> Crusher. We'll call him Babysitting Samwise <laughs> and Crusher. I'm totally fine with all fine. of that. That is so, fine. Crusher is rocking a pretty sweet cross earring. And I got to tell you, oh, hell yeah. uh, call back to uh, the fan, the long-term time fans. I wish Willow was still with us because she rocked me for having an earring. And I, I think feel like she would have a lot to say. Yeah, about yeah. that. Um, and so there's a they we see the guy and he's spray painting rejects on the the side of the school while you know again Barney Fife there is comically distracted and then correct um, Luke uh, Luke Gossett Jr. Uh, shows up second second appearance. For us, Iron Eagle. Was he in anything other than Iron Eagle? For us, I don't think yet. We've got some coming up, but not yet. Yeah, no, I think that's it. And so he catches him, sends him back to the class, and then we kind of the whole big this whole first act is really just setting up the kids, so you kind of know what kind of goofballs they are, why they're there. It's because they're they've all been rejected from other schools, and we see uh, Sam Wise is clearly the the de facto leader, and you know. I mean, I know he doesn't get along with his father, but you have to assume, like, at what point does your dad just go, you know what, just go to public school. What, what am I uh, doing right. here? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I mean, I guess if you have a lot, if you're the third largest contractor in the world, right, because clearly that's a thing. Um, right. <laughs> right. What, just stop paying money for your kid. He's clearly, he's lost. Don't, Why? Don't do it. I think I think when you become that rich, you just assume if you throw enough money at something, it will eventually get fixed. You know, that works for re- when you're rebuilding a car. I'm with you on that, okay? But but when your child is and maybe I'm maybe I'm a bad parent. I think that's what we're getting at. Uh I would give up on my child. That's what I would Okay. <laughs> no I'm saying. All right. That's what I'm saying. Lost cause, give up. That's that's Yeah. Yeah. I don't is that a shared mentality? Is that I don't, I don't want to go on record for the podcast Ooh, itself. Uh, hmm. I think out of principle, where it's like if you're paying good money for something and your kid's ruining it, then you just go, okay, we're not <laughs> spending the money anymore. Where you you can go to public school. That's I, it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but these all these kids are rich kids. We find out. Um, yeah, some rich, or rich or, or, or connected. Yeah. And the, the first scene we see is basically one of their friends is being told, um, Hey, your father is the judge in this drug kingpin case. So we need to take you off of campus. We're going to bring you somewhere. 
We're not going to tell you where it is. We're just going to, you're, you're just going to be gone for the next three months. And, uh, that's exactly what happens. Yep. And then we see some more hijinks. This Yikes. Is, this is a hijinks, Greg, that we haven't gotten to yet is the phone sex line. Somehow, Moment of silence. Moment of silence for, for all those operators who had to move to the webcam industry. Um. Okay, so I wanted to ask, what is your favorite memory of the genre? Not a, not a phone call, but just when it, I, you where know, it was I just used. always. You know what I have more memories of? I have more memories of late commercials with for, for party lines. Remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Late nineties, yeah, the, the, sure. Phone, the phone. I know for a fact. I must have seen phone sex hotline numbers. I must have. I always kind of remember. I remember like if you had seen one commercial, you saw all of them. It had sweet, sweet eighty saxophone in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It had. It had Fog. a woman with a very sultry voice who, if you looked close, could tell it clearly was not the voice of the actress that they had hired. Well, there was only so much Vaseline you could put on the lens. You just, you, I, well, you know, it's like, it's like, hey, why, we can just get a woman, it doesn't matter what she sounds like, and then hire a voiceover person. <laughs> right. Bingo, bango, we're in and out. And, you know, it, so it, it was usually like, you know, she'd have like, she'd like wrap the cord around her finger, and then she'd be like talking on, and the phone would never be normal colored, it would always be like red, you know, it would always be like a red phone, because that always reminded me of Batman. <laughs> well, you <laughs> oh, know, it's a Batman phone, it's talking Batman. Uh, and my favorite part is. And it was is, always like, you know, call now, and it was always like. Five dollars to be connected, and then like three bucks a minute or something. And 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 the other thing too is they'd always walk around the set, but the phone yes. didn't have a jack in it. No, so no. clearly it was no the first wireless phone. Um, my my favorite memory of of the uh, the phone sex line has to be, of course, the classic Beavis and Butthead episode in which they called a sex. Have you did you see the episode? I must have. I've seen almost every episode. Once you start telling me the plot, I'll remember. They call the sex line, right? And they get this woman who, of course, has a very sultry voice, but is a very large woman. That that was always the game. I mean, that was literally the plot to Aerosmith's. <laughs> yes, it um, was. What, oh, what, what music video was it? Uh, um, Sweet Emotion. Yes. It was literally the plot to Sweet Emotion. So, so they, they call up and they go, <laughs> I don't listen to your butt. And she goes, oh, okay. And they, she puts the phone on her butt and like hours pass and she falls asleep and she picks up the phone from her ass that now has an indent. And she goes, hello, <clears throat> can, can you put it back? <laughs> <laughs> They've been listening the whole time. Classic. And then later in the episode, they get like a phone bill. It's like $700. Right. Of course. Like, but that's one of my favorite memories of the whole, but this one, I got to say, um, it got worrisome when uh, when my wife and daughter walked through the room. Because... Hard, hard R, hard R. Yeah. Now, Greg, <laughs> I was this was this was the point where I I paused this because I just had it on in the background while I was doing other stuff, and I was like, okay, we're gonna have to wait until everyone goes to bed, and I'll finish watching this. This is not it's not gonna go over now, very well. Now, Greg, I, I have to ask. Yes, it's a group of male individuals. Right. Um, who are have dialed into a, a line and they are uh, drinking. They are uh, they are listening to this woman uh, portray her voice in a sexual manner. The point of the phone sex line is to, of course, um, uh, 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 make uh, show show Let's... love to yourself. 
<laughs> I I what was going to say, we always say relieve a little stress. What do we always but say okay. though? No, what do you always say? Show physical physical <laughs> express your love in a physical manner. <laughs> so they want to show their self-love in a physical manner. Now, do they a find separate corners? I that, that, see or this B. is one of the things that I always was confused about as a kid. It was the same thing when, like, I don't know if you ever had a group of your friends that would be like, they'd come in one day and they'd be like, oh, we went to, like, Jack's and his dad wasn't around and we, like, put one of the pornos in and we all watched it. And I was like, that's not really a group activity. <laughs> like, like, why is that fun? I had one friend who, who we, it was a couple of us, we went to his house and he put one in. We're diverging a lot. Don't worry, you're better off with this. Um, so... <laughs> And he put one in, and he started playing it, and and me and my other buddy, we kept, we just started doing like, what do we do in eyes, right? And his buddy, right. was, and his buddy, and, and this friend of ours, he just sits down on the couch, and we're like, yeah, no, you know what? I think that was my mom calling. I'm gonna, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save her. I'm, I'm definitely gonna commit this to memory for later, uh, but not now. And we we hightailed it out, and we were like, what was that about? I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and look, maybe I'm the odd duck out here, but I just don't get it. No, we're, we're a minor, we're a majority. We're, we're two out of two. We're 100%. I guess that's true. 100% on this podcast. <laughs> 100% of the hosts of This Was Rad podcast believe group activities are not always appropriate. Well, I, I think if, if it was, if it was like pitched to me ahead of time and I knew what I was getting into, I would evaluate that when the time came. <laughs> but to just show up at somebody's house and have it sprung on you, you're like, I, I'm i not in the right headspace. I thought we were going to play Mario Kart. I, th- like, I'd much rather play Mario Kart. It's way more fun. can only picture a young Greg in his room with a pros and cons on a notepad now. Yeah. Pro, mm. pro. Boobs. Boobs. Con. Hard to come by uh, in the mid-90s before uh, AOL took took the, the internet by storm and bringing uh, it to everyone in America. Con. I, I'll i see Tim's pud. Yeah, I'm going to put cons, that twice. <laughs> I'm going to be around my friends. <laughs> it's big con. <laughs> I guess I'm going to guess, Paul. Yes. The premise, the, the, the setup was experience it now and then you can think about it later oh sure okay put in the old I'm gonna, memory bank. i'm gonna guess it it if anyone had tried to break ranks to run off behind a <laughs> yeah. bookshelf that they would have been like no 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 crusher you what are you doing the circle get, the get circle back here, remains crusher. unbroken we're gonna tell your mother picard's gonna be angry get over here that's that's yeah we're gonna have to go on trial when we inadvertently kill a kid during a training exercise right <laughs> That happened in Star Trek The Next Generation. Watch it. Great episode. So, anyway, let's go ahead and uh, move along here because, of course... All right, so, of course, Louis Gossett Jr. catches them Um, and he brings the hammer down most hardly on uh, Bob from Stranger Things Season 2. I bring it up because he says, where did you get all this gear? And he says, Radio Shack. And I said, canon, this kid grows up to be Bob. In Stranger Things, even though the timeline does not work at all because Stranger Things was like four years previous to this. It doesn't matter. You know what, though? We're fine. Um, So anyway, um, cut to um, the bad guys get across the border. Trump was right all along. Um, Open borders. Just the terrorists just drive in. No problem. They do. They drive right in. Just terrible. Terrible is what I (laughs) said. 
So anyway. If only there was a way we could make America great again, Paul. If only. If only. If only there was some way to stop illegal Colombians from taking over a school and then finding out the one person they want is again not <laughs> available. Do you think if there was a wall, they would have gotten there and just been like, guys, we can't get over it. And then through bizarre happenstance, they'd be listening to the radio and it would be like, come on down to Billy's Ladders. We got ladders all shapes and sizes. They'd be like, guys, we could just get a ladder. We could just go over this wall with a ladder. It's fine. No, I totally would picture this guy. This guy is so dumb. The Don Carnage of this movie. He would show up to the wall and go, okay, gather sticks. We're going to make our own ladder. And his buddy and his sidekick would be looking at like an open gate. 12 feet down the line and yes, just go, yes, yes. but boss, it's okay. We will gather the sticks. <laughs> you can't argue with Don Carnage. It's pointless. I it's wish I could not going to end well. He's so good. I'll, I'll drop him in. So anyway, we can just fast forward. Of course, they wind up coming to the school. They take everything over and it's a classic setup. They've wired the school to blow. He's wearing the detonator on his wrist. I thought they were going to do one of those stupid things where they're like, oh, it's attached to a heart monitor. And if you kill me, it'll auto blow up the school. No, he just basically says, and rightfully so, I think, that um, even if you shoot me, you know, what are the odds you're going to one shot kill me? I'll be able to hit the button regardless because it's right here on my wrist. They're going to do a head count every hour. Yes. So if someone's not there, they're going to start executing kids. That's a way to keep everybody in line. They let all the teachers go except for the headmaster. And they said, uh, we're going to wait here with all these high profile children of, you know, senators, heads of the Republican Party, the New York Moff, head of the New York Moff. Yeah, you know. right. Uh, and that's that's what we're going to wait here until you release them. And uh, that's really the start of the film. Yeah. And, and I got to say, you know what, for the setup and premise, um, when they're wiring up the school, they're doing the head counts and things like that. I did actually find that pretty, pretty cool and intriguing. I mean, it, it's. Um, it's a good premise and I think it kind of shows how they have a little bit of control. Um, but again, the guy shows up looking for the kid who's no longer there. And again, doesn't believe the kid is not there. He just lives in this fantasy land. It's so weird. I um, will say I do respect a good pivot and he pivots pretty good where he's like, <laughs> I oh guess he crap. Does. That's true. Hey, wait a minute. And so like this, this, this reminds me of, uh, there was, there was a, an incident a very long time ago at a, at a place where I worked and we, uh, they were trying, they were basically trying to say that we wanted sales to go up in this one area. And, uh, and the guy was like, so the head of the department comes over and he's like, Hey everybody, we want, you know, we're doing all these things to try to get the sales up. So I just wanted to say, you know, maybe if everybody here and the guy running the, the show goes, whoa, 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 you can't tell people here to buy the products that you're about to sell to artificially inflate our numbers. And you could tell it's exactly what he was going to say. And he <laughs> yeah. goes, I was going to tell everyone if everyone here could just tell their friends to come to our website, I'd be very thankful. <laughs> and I was like, that was a pretty good pivot guy. I respect. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that was pretty. That's that's pretty good. Um... <laughs> you could you could see on his face. He was he was. Three words away from, from getting just fired immediately in the middle of this meeting. 
But what if it's a good product? Everybody should be able to own it. I mean, I'm just saying, if we want to make it look like we got a website that's worth anything, if everyone in the company bought one product. It's kind of like that. I've been watching so much of The Office lately. It's like that one episode where, like, uh, Michael Scott buys, like, 80 reams of paper to get him over the hump at the end of the quarter. Yes, yes, yes. And then he's like, yeah, man, I just hope we hit our numbers next week. I can't keep this up. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so they take over. You're absolutely right. It's a good pivot. We end up uh, on the other side. Lou Gossett Jr. shows up. The Army does. Arlie Ermy. Arlie again Ermey shows up. Yeah. I think we did say he does start showing up in other movies. Not and a big role, of- but he's, he's in it. A distinct voice. Um, and, I gotta be honest, Greg. There's, there's this movie is. I think it's an hour and forty something minutes. There's an hour of movie in the middle that, if you want to talk about something, I'm, I'm down. There's nothing that goes on. It's just them I, going back and forth and, yeah, and a lot of hemming and hawing. At some point, um, Samwise gets out, gives them all the information. Um, well, I see. I actually liked what I will say is, is what, what I. Again, realizing I didn't quite know the plot of what happened in this movie, I actually like the realistic nature of what the kids decided to do. One of the, Will Wheaton is like, all we got to do is knock out a guard, take his machine gun, and then just shoot everybody. Yeah, and the well, kids are like, that is literally the worst idea. Do not do that. And they go, well, 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 and then Will Wheaton's like, well, what do you think we should do? And they go, why don't we like count the number of guards, draw pictures of what they look like, make a map of where they are, figure out where the bomb is, and then, you know, get it to somebody outside so they have really great intel. And that's like a really great plan that could be executed by kids. Well, I like Will, I, I like Crusher's attitude. He's the son of a mobster, and we find out. And I think the machine gun thing really shows why he's at that school and not <laughs> assisting his yes. father as a criminal mastermind. He failed clearly... one too many shakedowns uh, after that third, like, laundromat did not pay up. And Will Wheaton's like, well, no, they said that his leg was broken and that he had to miss work. And if he, we don't, I mean, if he pays us, he can't go to work. And if the leg doesn't get fixed, we just, we gotta, we gotta give him more time. I picture him more like he goes in there with, with a couple goons and he goes to take his, his gun out and he flips it and drops it on the floor and the, and the cleaner picks it up and goes, eh. And he just goes, oh boy, my dad's going to be mad at me with this one. I mean, yeah. <laughs> He failed Gangster 101. Okay, oh, yeah. son. Son. Now, what is the proper technique for getting a laundry person to pay you month to month? Well, I'd say maybe if you offered them like some bad versions and then month to month seemed like good. If you were like, well, you got to pay me every day or you got to pay me every week or you pay me every month. And then maybe he's like, well, every day, that's really every week. I don't like that. Every month, eh, it seems like the best of the three. No, but okay, and and but but what would motivate him to to pay? What 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 do you think would protect his investment in his in his business? What do you feel like? How would you approach that situation? Well, I I, I think I would just you know man to man calmly explain that um, we're selling a very good product and um, give him some literature to read over. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe tell them that, uh, Hey, uh, if we don't do it, you know, maybe somebody else will, maybe they won't be so good and then leave. 
What did I do to make you disappoint me so? What what did I do to you that made you so bad at being a gangster? What 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 Dad, is it? I is just it? I just want to be on the stage. You're going to you're going to private school. Yes. <laughs> no, you're supposed to turn around and go, "I hate you." Uh, no, he. I don't think he hated him until I think like what happened was his dad told him he was going to like Juilliard, <laughs> and then she went to prep school, one. and that's where the hate began. He was like, "You, t- you told me it was art school. You, son you of told a bitch. me it was theater school. You said it was gonna be like fame. This is more like taps." <laughs> yes, and then his dad said that movie with the kids <laughs> who have to shake down the. Uh, the 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 terrorist group <laughs> and he's like no no dad that's not taps <laughs> dad's just like yeah, son you're making it more i'm going for godfather you're making it more johnny dangerously right. okay he jerry, gonna... jerry uh, uh law and order's own jerry, jerry urbach, urbach yeah. as as his dad uh, rest in peace jerry urbach uh passed away a few years ago yeah that's true sadly yeah. So, so anyway, this this is so this is what the kids do. They basically set up a kind of a little bit of a, a, a system where each of them gathers intel. They all compile it, and then they come up with a plan where they can distract enough of the guards that they can get uh, Samwise to run out and like drop the book, you know, out outside somewhere. Would you say he goes on an and of adventure? Course, of course, as soon as he gets past the perimeter, the military's there. They're just like yoink. What did you think was going to happen? And they just bring him right to the command tent. Now, actually, I got to say, um, I know this is salute to the troops uh, month. Uh, shame on them. They're like, no, you can't go back in. They've heard the demand. One kid right. missing. We will shoot five. And that, that's that's just the beginning. They're like, <laughs> right. We'll shoot five. And I'm like, if he doesn't show up in an hour, we'll just keep going. Now, I mean, good and bad. Bad on the bad guys. Eventually, you run out of hostage. All I can say is, yeah, it. it, it I can see why Ruby Ridge and Waco <laughs> yeah. happened after watching this film because I carumba, <laughs> right? Like bad policies. So eventually, Samwise uh, uh, hijacks a, a real Humvee. Uh, we should point out one of the first I can remember being in a movie at this point. Uh, um, I would agree, and it's and it's an actual one. It's not one of these street models like. No, no, no. Yeah, this, this is the is old no Schwarzenegger. Top, uh, uh, yeah, the, the nine know. feet wide uh, <laughs> right. one. And so he does eventually get back in. I got to say, I, was, I thought it was pretty clever. He grabs the towel, makes it look like he's taking a shower. And then... Yeah, because he had... To get to get back into the building, he he has to go through the sewer grate and he fell into it. Yeah. So he's dripping wet. So we can't just show up into the lunchroom because they're going to be like, why the hell were you missing... And why are you now wet? Yeah. So he pivots and he grabs the towel. This movie should have been called Pivots. <laughs> and it would have been a great companion piece to Taps. Now, I got to say, when uh, the bad guy looks at him, he takes him back to the office and he basically beats Samwise. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, but he was just helping out his friends to take out the bad guy. I said, good. He deserves it. He's a troublemaker, and he's going to yep. get somebody killed, and he does. Yeah. Because yeah. eventually, uh, Will uh, Will Wheaton, gets, uh, he just gets to the end of his rope, finally uh, gets a gun. Oh, no, no, out. no, no, no. That is not what happens at all. Yeah, he does. Well, it's something. What happens is his dad says, his dad on, on the outside says, okay, look, we do business with this oh, head yes, drug kingpin. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I want you to get word to him in prison that my kid is in there, and if he lets my kid out, 
we'll owe him a favor. Yeah. And in this line of work, that's like the best thing you can have is that we owe you a favor. So they they go to the dad and the dad's like, yeah, okay. And he, he gives them a secret code that they relay. And uh, the the Will Wheaton gets called into the office by the by the terrorist, by the head terrorist's son. And he's like, hey, we respect your dad. We're letting you go. And then Will Wheaton <laughs> elbows a guy, takes his gun. And I love the music because it's like typical, like like heroic 80s music. And he runs out onto the steps and he tries to shoot, which, of course, he can't because he's not trained in this. You know, he's trained in how to do a five minute sketch, not how to <laughs> yeah. mow another human being down with bullets. He starts to shoot, can't control it. And the other guy is like, this kid's shooting at me and he just wastes Will Wheaton. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. And you're absolutely right. That is what happens. Um, and then that's when Lou Gossett Jr. shows up very, very sad. Um, and they they collect Will Wheaton, and then uh, you immediately have revenge from the dad. Um, I loved I loved this scene because Jerry Orbach's like they said it was a mistake. Why don't we show them there's no such thing as a mistake? I gotta say, and there's a great, a great prison line. death scene in this. I loved this scene. Well, you know what though? I had a question. This before this starts, they they say let's give him what he wants. His father. Well, before Will Wheaton gets killed, they put the father in cuffs and have already started walking him out and i did write down another movie with flippy floppy timetables because that dude should have been in a car by then right i mean by the time i mean if we think about it by the time the message gets to the bad guy will wheaton shoots and gets shot jerry orbach finds out and then contacts a guy who's four cells down <laughs> to do what he's I, I can only assume <laughs> that guy had his own phone <laughs> for some reason and he's just like oh, you know, oh okay i'll do some killing for you boss i think it's the other way i think he stepped out killed the guy <laughs> and they were like why did you do that eh, i had a feeling <laughs> you know how these guys are <laughs> i just uh i knew i looked at it this way if i'm wrong what are they gonna do kill me <laughs> <laughs> i mean what's the worst case scenario i'm already in jail <laughs> It's a pretty good point. The old the old Father Gagan defense. <laughs> How do you plead? Uh, guilty, I guess. I'm already in prison. You can't kick Why me. Why did you do it? Uh, I'm in prison. You can't push me down the stairs if I throw myself. Oh man. Anyway, so, so, uh, so anyway. it's 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 a it's a it's a classic setup where they're they're walking him out. The place is rioting. The cops have to stop. I shouldn't say the cops, the guards have to stop to kind of clear the way. Some guy just reaches out, slits the uh, slits the dad's throat, yeah, pushes yeah. him over the railing. OSHA, I think, would probably not be happy that that railing was within an arm's reach of the cellmate. It uh, seems true. like maybe it should have been a little further out, but okay. Um, and he's dead, and so now... What I loved is the son never even finds out his dad's been killed. No, he does. He No, he never finds out. No, he does. No one no one ever tells him. I'm positive he does. I'm positive he finds out. Because because as soon as that happens, that's when the that's when the army goes, "We just got word that he died in prison. We got to launch an offensive now." Cuz as soon as he finds out that his dad's dead, he's going to blow the school up cuz he's got nothing to lose. And they just they just attack it. No one ever tells him his dad's dead. It's never mentioned oh. because from here on out it's all of a sudden they're they're going into the no, principal's the office and everything else happens after that. that. For some reason, I thought I remember him finding out. 
I loved the fact that he never found out. I Because in every other movie, somebody would have said something at some point. Someone would yeah, have been yeah, like, wait, yeah. don't do this. Your dad's already dead. And he'd be like, you're a liar. And, he'd say, and they'd be like, no. Actually, it, it like, does. The, the, the other thing they did was they cut the power. So he couldn't even watch television to find out the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, to be perfectly honest, this guy's so dumb. I'm not surprised he didn't find out. He probably got the message and just thought, your dad is gone, and he just got, and he just went, oh, yes, my dad likes to fish. Yes, he's gone fishing. Oh, great. He's gone. He's not in prison anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Your father, so anyway, your father has passed. Uh, everybody knows everything's about to go wrong. Yeah. They decide, okay, let's, let's do our plan where we get everybody into the basement, but also they have to take... Okay, here's what I don't understand, and it was explained. They said, okay, look, we have a chip in a model airplane and a chip in a bomb, we can swap them. And then what'll happen is when he pushes the button on his wrist, it'll activate the plane. Now, initially I was like, or just rip the chip out. Who cares? Well, it turns out that that little contact of having the chip in there turns the light on, on the button that he has to push. So without that, he would have realized something was wrong. So that's why they had to do it. Well, so I'm just so happy that once again in a movie the chips fit perfectly just yeah. like real genius where the there's just a universal chip set just, across the, the board you know all chips they're all Everywhere. two by two they're all perfectly fine it's why radio shack really just lasted as long as it did bulk you could just, they just had everything in bulk yeah well that's that's why you had to really know your chips they all <laughs> yes, looked the that's same right. that's right no, no, apparently you didn't have to know your chips. They <laughs> just you put them I in I guess a, that's true. Right? It doesn't matter. You put them in a breadboard, you program them, and then yeah, it, you could just put it in anything you want. What chip it's do so I stupid. need? I ah, just pull one out of the barrel, it <laughs> doesn't matter. Do it. Just it's do fine. It. <laughs> but there's different colors. Yeah, it doesn't it honestly, it does not matter. the yellow, the red, the green, the blue. It that's why we keep them in a barrel, doesn't matter. Do you remember the Do you remember those at, at like Caldor or whatever? They'd be like a bucket you couldn't see in. And you pay like 50 cents and you can reach in and pull out a random prize. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mystery, the mystery, the mystery stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or, or the, uh, the the plastic bobber ball that would be like all color. And you, you'd open it up and you didn't know if it was going to be a dinosaur, a pin, or, a, right. or another stupid tattoo that nobody cared about. I also remember going to privately owned candy stores and they would have the grab bags. And you learn after you buy yes. one. It's literally all the candy everyone hated because no one wants to buy it. So they put it in the grab bag and you're like, wow, this is awful. I wish I had just bought the bag of my own candy rather than being a lazy, stupid child. No, Greg, you're telling me you don't like the bitterest of dark chocolate and taffy. Right. Lots and lots of taffy. and But they'd always throw in, but they tease you because they throw in the one Tootsie Roll and you'd be right. like, oh. So there is one bag out there that's got a lot of good stuff. Next time it's mine. Right, yeah. Oh, I just must have gotten a bad one. I'll give it got, another shot. Oh, I, got, like the, I got the gag bag. It happens, right? No, it couldn't be all of them. So anyway, they changed out the chips. What a lesson in life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, life is a grab bag and you're always going to get shit. You're always getting the shit grab bag. <laughs> no matter what. So anyway... <laughs> So they, so out the they get everyone, they knock out a bunch they of the guards, they get everyone the downstairs, they switch the chips, you know, almost getting caught. Now, Louis Gossett Jr. is has decided to get onto campus with sort of behind the snipers, even though they told him not to go, because apparently they couldn't spare one guy to make sure, like, 
hey, this guy's probably going to follow us. Can you make sure he doesn't? Uh, uh, the military comes off so stupid in this anyway. They they run up. There's one bomb on the outside. Of, uh, this It's the only one. It's the only yep. one in the entire building, but it's the one that is directly in their path. And then they do a full-scale assault. And now, I do have to say... There's two guys up on the roof. They have a military, uh, they have like an uh, M50 machine gun. They see the two helicopters approaching. The raddest helicopter of all time, the Apache helicopter, you flies knew up from it was behind. serious business when that thing showed up. Missiles, machine guns, dual cockpit, kills everybody. And they use it twice to perfect effect. It's great. Um, super rad super, super rad. rad super rad definitely a point in the rad column for that but then now at first i i think in the movie sense my first thought is why is sean austin not i, I get he's hiding the doorway into the basement right. but why does he stay anywhere near there at all just run to yeah, the other side of the jump out a window <laughs> get away anything. instead he waits however climb in an oven <laughs> just hide anywhere do anything and so the bad guy, of course, catches him, and he, now he starts dragging Sean Austin all over the place. Well, he's got a he's got a hostage. It's actually a smart move. He's got a button. He doesn't know where the kids are. He thinks they could be in another room of the building. He doesn't know. They don't know they're in a secure basement, right? No, he doesn't. And I, but I think I think he didn't want to hit that button because he he was still in the building. That that was kind of the like, oh, there's no way out. Hit the button. Take everyone with me. Yeah. Because you'll notice he doesn't hit it till he's back in that office and he realizes all his men are dead and that he's being and, he, and like men are literally at the door. And that's when he hits the button and it turns on the plane. Yes, that that is true. And it does turn on the plane. And then he he has the idea. If I pull the cables, everything's going to go off anyway. Once again, he doesn't let go of Sean Austin. He tries to just push him, shoot him in the head. You're at this point. You've gone deadlocked. You're going to blow up the right. building. Why do you still have him as a human shield? Who cares? Well, we've I already can't. gone over that this man is not no. the brightest of bulbs. No. He's watching Baloo take all of his goods, put it yep. in the sea duck, fly off with Kit, and is just stammering his way into into in, into uh, insanity. Um, has a lot of duck tail, uh, tailspin references for everybody. Uh, and it just, I just thought, bring it back. Bookend. Yeah. 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 Lou Gossett Jr. jumps in, shoots the guy in the head. End of the movie. Though, Louis <laughs> Gossett Jr. also gets shot. Oh, sure. And then they have the classic, it, it's it's very much a, a, a Riggs and Murtaugh kind <laughs> yes, of discussion at the true. end of the film where he's like, oh, so I guess I'm uh, guess I'm out of pots and pans duty, huh? And he goes, you think I'd let you off that easy? <laughs> Freeze frame movie's over. Now, Greg. Yes. Something, there's a couple different things I know we like to do. I was actually reading an old <laughs> an old thing that we had posted on the, the share drive of ours about things we'd like to do more uh, to keep the podcast fresh or newer. Ooh. And one of them was uh, after the credits. Oh, we haven't done one of those in a while. What happens after the credits of Toy Soldier? I think, I personally think that... <sighs> I think Sean Astin, in honor of Will Wheaton, work goes to work for the mob. Okay, good. And he's great at it. Very good. He's not a ruthless killer, but he's the guy. He's the idea guy. He's like, like, like the dawn comes to him, and he's like, the feds 
have confiscated all my drugs. It's in an armored car. We've got no one on the inside. Those drugs are going to the courthouse as evidence in two days. What do we do? And Sean Aston's like, I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do. And he just lays out this sick plan. Kind of like a, kind of like a, I'm thinking like Dark Knight bank heist by the Joker. Where it's just wow. like okay. crackerjack timing to the minute, you know, maybe even to the second. And it's just like an insane plan. And they're just like, he, this guy can get anything done. And, he, and they got to give him a really, like a nickname that they think is clever. But if you and I heard it would laugh because it's so stupid. So uh, oh, it'd be like, like uh, the whiz kid. Like something, something like that, where you're like the the Wiz Kid. That's his name, the Wiz Kid. Like you know, Wiz has other names. Like it means other things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the or, Wiz or Wise Kid. kid. Wise Kid, because he's he's not a wise oh, guy. Wise he's a wise kid. Oh, he's not a guy. He's too little. He's, he's a too, kid. He's just he's, he's, a, he's a little goomba. He's a... so so. Uh, everyone else, they just become rich and become assholes. That's the end of the movie for them. Okay. So mine was. Uh, Sean Austin, now uh, full of the adrenaline of saving a school from a terrorist, gets himself expelled from this school and moved to another school where, using a network, again, by the criminals, uh, the gangsters, uh, facilitates yet another school takeover. Ooh. And continually, for the remainder of his school life, moves from school to school consecutively setting up scenarios where the school is taken over and he must formulate a plan with a group of friends to save it, save the school. He, okay, I'm gonna, he is hooked on the adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah. Of defeating terrorists. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an, an another after the credit. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was mine. Scarred by this. He does turn to a life of crime, shaves his head as he gets older he shaves his head, adopts a British accent, and takes over a child's school. Ooh. <laughs> Only to be foiled by a version of himself in another film that we're never going to cover. That would be a mastermind of a plan. <laughs> Kudos to you, Mr. Thank Craig. you. One thing I do want to do, if, if if you would be so kind, is to cut this section out and put it at the front of the podcast. I forgot something I was going to do. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. It's give a loose plot outline of the film we're about to talk about. So here we go. Down on his luck, cop John McClane, I mean Sean Astin, is stuck in the Nakatomi Towers. I mean a, I mean a private school probably set in New England. One man alone has to fight off a group of terrorists that actually holds up in both films. And wouldn't you know it, with the help of his black friend outside of the danger zone, managed to get all the relevant information to the government agency that needs to do it, even though they bungle everything, but wind up saving the day in the end. Damn. And uh, so, yeah, at the end, uh, he saves Christmas. I mean, the prep school uh, or the semester. He saves the semester. There we go. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. So what you're basically saying is second movie in a row that was completely redone by another movie. It was. It was this movie was basically Die Hard. Okay. Just a a watered down like teen Die Hard. 
with a few extra people to help out. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, the the genre, obviously, I mean, look at, I mean, we've already named two other movies that are just like it, right? Toy Soldier, I mean, uh, Masterminds, and um, uh, not really Taps. Um, what's the other one? Uh, there's another one. But, I mean, the, the, that kind of thing happens a lot. Yes, it, it very much does kind of go with uh, with Die Hard. It's a little different because he does have friends that help him out. No, it's uh, true. It's and, true. And, and it's 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 not so much a White House down scenario. Yeah, that's which is true. which is the third greatest Die Hard film of all time. And anyone who says otherwise can fight me because that movie's the greatest Die Hard film after Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance, hands down. Which one? What? Which movie? White House Down, Channing Tatum. Jamie Foxx? Nope, never saw it. Tell me if this plot sounds familiar. A down-on-his-luck divorced dad at the end of his rope has to help when terrorists attack the White House. I've never seen that movie. That's okay. Seriously, Uh, do yourself a favor. Rent that movie. It's great. Okay. Uh, Greg, we're at the end. I ask you, is Toy Soldiers, no soldiers in it at all, uh, a rad film still? Paul, it's not often that I watch a movie and am completely blindsided. This movie blindsided me. There's a lot of gore. There's a lot of on-screen blood and violence. Children called a phone sex line. This movie's rad as hell. (laughs) You like this movie, Are you crazy? This movie is rad to the nth degree. 14-year-old me would have thought this was the greatest (laughs) film ever made. It's so rad. It's so rad! No. I'll help you out. Paul, is it rad? No. It's a fuck show. I hate it. (laughs) Come on! It's terrible. Kids are in danger. They literally watch their friend get shot by a machine gun. (laughs) And come on! Deservedly. He deserved it. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying this bananas. It's so bad. And you know what, though? But but it... For me, I'm watching it, and he's like, oh, I finally got the machine gun. I'm going, you're dead. You're a dummy. You're, you're not going to be able to do anything with that. You are Will Wheaton. You almost got put to death because you walked on the grass. Settle the hell down, right? And it's I, just, I, I, I got to no, I, I say, I, I, I thought this movie held up. I enjoyed this movie. But seriously, you, on the rad scale, it's got edge. It's got crazy. And it's a hard R. Like, what weirds me out the most is... It seems like a lot of times the opposite happens where, like, a director will make a movie the way he wants to make it. And they'll go, look, this movie, the, the studio thought that this movie was, the, the target audience is like 15. We have to water this down to PG-13 so that, so, so we're going to have to cut out all the violence. We're going to have to cut out all the sex talk. We're going to have to cut out all this stuff. So we get down to PG-13 and the kids can see the movie. This was like the opposite. It was like they made a movie and they were like. Yeah, but, like, where's all the, like, super violence? <laughs> like, it's so packed full of violence. It's yeah. it's insane. Because if you took all that out and the phone sex thing out and four or five F-bombs, you've got a PG-13 movie that literally probably the family could watch. It's crazy to me, and I love it. I love every part of it. I'm, I'm glad you do. I mean, no, I mean, it, that's fine. It just, I, I, I was just, I was bored in a lot of sections. I, like I said, I... The bad guy was just so stupid. I I found a lot of it very cliche. Like, you know, when Will Wheaton's character dies, I'm like, well, the mob's obviously going to take care of this problem. Uh, it's just a lot of stuff. Yeah, I just, I didn't find, just, okay, yeah, there's a lot of squibs in it. Good, yay. Okay, there's a lot of movies that do. 
I just, I guess I didn't find this very interesting. Apache helicopter, very rad. Apache helicopter, super yeah. rad. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, not rad. Um, you should, you should feel bad. You should. I feel bad all the time, Paul. Uh, this, 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 this isn't going to make me feel any worse. Okay, so we've come to the end. We do our, of course, normal uh, thank yous to Mr. Bibbs and Terstail. That's right, at Terstail on Twitter. Thank you both for being the absolute best and continuing to support us. And um, we hope you like the stuff that we're putting out. I know at Terstail was actually really excited about our salute to the troops. I hope he's still excited about our salute to the troops. Um, I hope it gets better. Uh, I think the quality of movie gets better. I don't know if our podcast is going to get better for it, but we'll do our best. Um, I, I think, we'll see. I think we'll cut out the 20 minutes of, uh, of meandering through... Uh, Sex and porn in the as as adolescents. I, I say leave it in just no, no, to no. give them it's the authentic <laughs> it's in, kids in high school experience. It's in this podcast. I don't think we need to revamp, revisit it every other movie. Um, but we've come to the end. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. We super appreciate everybody who continues to support this podcast. I know we've had, and I do want to say thank you so much for people that continue to listen or subscribed. Um, you know, we keep going through these, uh, you know, ebbs and flows lately where we post a bunch of stuff and then, you know, we go in a little dip, but when we come back, people seem to download, they seem to get back into it. So, uh, I really appreciate that as, as you know, I'm sure Greg does as well. Just, I do. Um, continuing to help us and support us. It's why we continue to make these. We could have stopped and, and we don't want to because we like doing it and we like doing it. Um, thank you so much. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Tell all your friends. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts from. And, Hit us up uh, on Patreon. Throw us some cash so we can get Paul a computer that was made within the past 15 years. It would be great. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, wow, just came out with a new expansion. I was thinking about getting into it. So if you could help me do that, I would really appreciate that. That's 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 what people are giving you money for. <laughs> no, so you of course can not. Support no. your wow habit. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I believe we said this last time we're saying it again. Uh, we're, we're, uh, definitely, well, definitely possibly when fallout 76 comes out, we might have the old rad post or whatever the hell it's going to, we're going to call it. So definitely get it for what, 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 360, I mean, 360 Xbox one. Uh, that's what I'm going to get it on Xbox. One. So I'm probably going to wind up what I'll get one cheap off place. So let's watch a hundred bucks and probably do the same thing. No, that'd be fun to play. Cool, man. Um, that's it. I got nothing else. I have been Paul. I'm Greg. See ya.